Welcome in, guys. Farzine Vasugin here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone podcast. Hope you're all doing well. We are in week three. Yes, week three of the football season, the NFL season, that is. College football. What is college football in week four now? I know they do a week zero, so it's kind of a weird uh, little uh, start to their season. But nonetheless, uh, we can now say football season is in full swing. Uh, a lot of exciting college games so far. A lot of exciting uh, NFL games so far. Very interesting start, as always. Um, it, you know, it's always interesting this time of year, two weeks into the season. Uh, you see um, a couple teams, how they're doing, and people react to that. Are you surprised? Are you not? Uh, when can you really judge off some of these surprises, whether it's good starts, bad starts, uh, with some of these surprise teams? My, my magic week is week four. Once four weeks of the season are complete uh that is um that's when you can fairly judge teams i think yeah there's gonna be one team that slips and one team that uh rises uh towards the end of the season but in general you can judge pretty well uh once uh you reach uh four weeks into the season appreciate all of you guys who are downloading and listening to the podcast for those of you who are watching live wednesday night thank you all so much if you are not listening live, you can do so on Facebook.com slash Vesugian and YouTube.com slash at the Chief Zone. So please make sure you guys follow or subscribe to either the Facebook or the YouTube page. Both would be greatly appreciated. Appreciated. Uh, both uh, trying to adjust the volume here. There we go. That sounds better. Uh, for those of you listening to the archived version on the podcasting, uh, whether it's through Apple, Spotify, wherever, appreciate you guys who are downloading and listening through there. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your place to go and buy tickets. Obviously, we mentioned football season is in full swing. So if you want to catch a Chiefs game, for instance, this Sunday when the Chiefs play host to the Chicago Bears, you can uh, use SeatGeek, get tickets to that event. Maybe you want to follow the Chiefs on the road. Maybe you want to go to a KU game, a K-State game, uh, Missouri Tigers. They just had a big win over the weekend. Uh, maybe you don't live in Kansas. City. Maybe you're not a Chiefs fan. Maybe you uh, want to catch an event near you, whether it's a baseball game. We still have some baseball left, a concert, a, a theater show, whatever it is you want to go to. Go to SeatGeek.com. And if you've never purchased from SeatGeek.com, I've got a little gift for you. You can use my promo code Farzine for $20 off. This is only eligible for first-time customers. So go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code Farzine at checkout, and you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. That's SeatGeek.com, promo code Farzine for $20 off for first-time SeatGeek customers. Look at that. We have a uh, we have a spammer. Queen Allison saying she's horny, and now she's blocked. Oh, sorry, Allison. Queen Allison. Uh, I, I see you guys' comments. Eric, Thomas, Kay, Casey. See you guys' comments. I'll get to some of those a little later on. Uh, real quickly, let's do a week two roundup. Let's get that out of the way. There are a lot of things we're going to talk about, obviously. We'll touch on the Chiefs and the Bears. This has been a wild day for the Chicago Bears, and we will get into that a little bit. Obviously, that's not something we're... Uh, it's too pertinent from the chief side of things. So we won't dive into that too much. Um, but there are some crazy things going on in Chicago right now. So we'll touch on that a little bit. We'll also talk about the chief's offense. What's going to happen with the chief's offense moving forward. We'll get into that very shortly. Looking at the week two slate of games, the Vikings over, or the excuse me, the Eagles over the Vikings. Vikings did surge in the end there a little bit, just when you thought this was going to be a blowout. Um, so it's good to see a little bit of fighting Kirk Cousins. I've always liked Kirk Cousins, but this one was one of those too little, too late type of performances. Uh, you look at the Packers just falling to the Falcons. Falcons are 2-0. Devin Ritter, not the most, you know, Exciting quarterback to watch right now, but he's got the Falcons at 2-0 in a really what people still think is a very unpredictable 
NFC South right now. Nobody really knows how that division is going to pan out. The Raiders came back down to earth. Funny enough, they got shut out in the second half. Josh Allen uh, back to, you know, his his good ways. Obviously, one AFC Offensive Player of the Week, but hey, it's the Raiders. So we'll see if that happens. But nonetheless, the Bills did get back into the win column for the first time this season. The Ravens over the Bengals. Uh, Listen, let me just say this about the Bengals because they did not get their first offensive touchdown until the second half of this game for this season. Um, The Bengals just spent $275 million uh, on this Joe Burrow contract. The Bengals are last place in total offense to start the season. Money well spent, Cincinnati. Money well spent. Money well spent. Uh, the Lions. Remember the Lions? The the hot Lions. They got that big win over the Chiefs. They're on their way to an undefeated season. No, not so much. The Seahawks beat them in overtime. The Titans with a narrow victory in overtime against the Chargers. That was a very exciting one. Two overtime losses for the Chargers. Wow. Um, probably one of the 0-2 teams that you think can rebound. Listen, I've always liked the Chargers. I still think they're second best in the division to Kansas City. I mean, they were the second biggest threat. But, man, uh, you got to find a way to finish in these close games. It just feels like the Chargers, they can compete with the best. They really can. But they just don't ever come out on the winning side of these things, it feels like. Anytime the Chargers are involved in a very close contest... It just feels like the Chargers don't know how to how to come away victorious in these close games. Uh, Bucks over the Bears. Uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield looking pretty good so far. Um, and you look at the Monday night game in Cleveland with the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, Deshaun Watson did not look like the Deshaun Watson we remember in Houston. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, so the Steelers defense, uh, Steelers offense not very good either, but that defense came through. Uh, maybe one of the best defenses in the NFL right now up there with Kansas City's. Uh, the other Monday night game, Saints over the Panthers. I got to be honest. This one, I just kind of zoned out. Uh, I mean, the Panthers kind of made it a game late in the fourth quarter. But uh, again, one of those too little, too late type of things. Uh, let's see what other games worth reacting to the Giants with an interesting comeback. Thank you, Saquon Barkley, for helping uh, solidify that parlay. But unfortunately, dealt with that injury. Um, the Cowboys over the Jets, the Cowboys, um, they have the best point differential in the NFL right now, and it's not even close to start off the season. So big ups to the Cowboys. I've underestimated them coming into the season. The Commanders over the Broncos. Eric Bieniemy, take a bow. Um, two comebacks. I know not against the most uh stout teams, but still, you know, Sam Howell, a guy that nobody thought was going to be anything significant and so far the commanders are out to a uh, 2-0 lead in the uh in the NFC East and listen they're not the only team obviously the Cowboys are 2-0 uh and the Eagles are 2-0 so it's going to be a very tight race in the uh in the NFC East if this continues so uh the the Washington Commanders obviously not a team anybody uh, had competing in the NFC East so this is a team that's trying to hang in there and prove that they can uh, hang with the best in the division so far so good and the Giants you know I, I still think they're not that competitive it's the Cardinals after all so we'll see what happens to the Cardin- or the Giants moving forward and then the Rams over the 49ers the 49ers uh, looking really good so far to start the season but the Rams I gotta say the Rams are a much better team already this year than than last year if they can stay healthy if they uh, can avoid that the, the, having players in the training room Boy, this Rams team might go back to where they were two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They could be a team that could seriously contend. I did not see the Rams looking like this early on to start the season. So the Rams are definitely a team to watch out for. So I'll just end the week two round up there. The only other one, Colts, Texans. I mean, Anthony Richardson looked good before he left the game with a concussion. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, So we will uh, hope for the best there. All right, uh, I do want to touch on the Chiefs offense for a moment because the defense has been great so far, as you guys know. And this is a uh, a, a team that has looked a little, little different now. Trent McDuffie said something today in his press conference where Patrick Mahomes has bailed out the defense so many times in the past 
that now the defense is kind of making up for that. Patrick Mahomes and the offense, they're, they're struggling. It's no secret. They're not playing up to standards. Well, guess what? The defense is going to pull through for you this time. Uh, for all the times Patrick Mahomes has bailed out the defense over the years, now the defense is returning the favor and lifting Patrick Mahomes in this offense uh, despite, you know, getting off to a very slow start to the season. Um, let's look at the Chiefs offense for a moment here because when you look at the amount of points they've scored so far this season, uh, they scored 20 points in week one over the line or shouldn't say over the Lions, but against the Lions and then uh, against the Jaguars, they only put up 17 points. Uh, still enough to win though. Still enough to win. Uh, so the Chiefs are averaging 18 and a half points per game. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at this real quickly. So yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The chiefs are tied for the ninth fewest, uh, points this season, uh, tied with the Patriots and the opposing team. They play this Sunday, the Chicago bears, the chiefs and the bears, uh, statistically have a lot in common. And I'll get into that a little later on, uh, for, uh, two teams, yeah, I understand it. It's uh, just two games into the season, but still, uh, they've got a lot in common uh, to, uh, to start off the season. So I'll get into that shortly. But the Chiefs, they have the ninth worst, tied for the ninth worst scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, however, if you look at where they are when it comes to total offense, they're ninth in the NFL in that category. Averaging 357 and a half yards per game. So the Chiefs, they're able to move the ball pretty well. Um, they're sixth in passing. So, yeah, sure. We had all those drops in week one with Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore uh, was a guilty member as well at one point. Um, Jarek McKinnon also. But the issue has not been moving the football. And, and let me just put it to you like this. If you look at... The offense, okay, they didn't score any points in the first quarter in either of these games. But in the second quarter against the Lions, the Chiefs put up two touchdowns. The first touchdown of the season for Kansas City to Rushy Rice, and then Blake Bell got in on the scoring action right before halftime uh, to give the Chiefs a 14-7 lead going into halftime. You look at the game against the Jaguars. Right before halftime, Sky Moore gets a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. Coming out of the locker room to start the second half, Travis Kelsey helps end a score, uh, the scoring drive, uh, catching a pass from Patrick Mahomes. So you had the two touchdowns in the second quarter against the Lions. You had a touchdown right before halftime and a touchdown right after halftime against the Jaguars. Um, so this Chiefs team, my point is, this Chiefs team, offensively, they can get into a rhythm. That's not a problem for me. This, this Chiefs offense can move the football. That's not where the issue is. The issue with this Chiefs offense to start off is their ability to end drives. If you look at the game against the Lions, the Chiefs had a field goal in the second half, uh, got another one, an opportunity to go up by 10 points, but they didn't do so. So if you can turn those... Stall drive. And listen, you, not every drive is going to end in a touchdown. You have field goals. Every team uh, goes through that. Even the best offenses and uh, the worst offenses. Uh, but if you can limit those stalled drives and turn those uh, types of drives into touchdowns, well, you're going to obviously score a lot more points and your odds of winning go up for sure. So when you look at this Chiefs team right now, again, ninth in total offense, sixth in passing. So the issue isn't moving the football. You can move the football with Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Justin Watson got involved in this game. Uh, probably more than a lot of people expected. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we'll see uh, Justin Ross a little later on. Uh, Richie James, unfortunately, dealing with an injury. So obviously we'll have to uh, see who plays in his place and not just offensively, but also on special teams as well. Um, so... Moving the football is not an issue. It's the scoring. The Chiefs have the ninth worst scoring team in the NFL to start the season. 
again, tied with the Bears and the Patriots, 18 and a half points per game, but they have no problems doing the football. They're top 10 in the NFL in total offense and in passing. So ultimately, what the issue is here with the Chiefs is the ability to finish drives. Yes, turnovers is a big one right there. Penalties is another big one right there. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at the uh, turnover totals for the Chiefs, uh, total giveaways on the season, uh, the Chiefs have four. Uh, they are tied for third most, but now keep in mind, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that are tied in that category, including the Chicago Bears. Like I mentioned, the Chiefs and Bears have a lot in common to start the season. Also include the Detroit Lions, uh, the Raiders, the uh, the Panthers, the Jets. Um, no, excuse me. The Jets actually have five giveaways on the season, uh, but you got the idea. Uh, a lot of teams, uh, you know. Uh, it just seems that, and by the way, I know a lot of people are complaining about the chiefs offense to start off the season. Uh, I was listening to Kirk Morrison, uh, who longtime linebacker in the NFL. I was listening to him on Sirius XM NFL radio, and he made a very interesting comment here. And he talked about how defenses right now in the NFL are better and ahead of the offenses. So is it, Listen, if anyone is concerned about the Chiefs offense to start off the first two weeks, those concerns are valid uh, because if the Chiefs were putting up 30 or 40 points these first two games, we would be talking about how great this offense is the first two weeks. Um, so I, I, it is valid to be concerned here. Uh, but again, I don't think these are major concerns. These are all very fixable issues here. Uh, the drops, okay, we, we, we were able to nullify that in week two against the Jaguars on the road. Um, the penalties, still an issue. Uh, the turnovers, not good. Um, you want to try to limit that this week against a weak Bears team that really just has nothing going their way. And we'll get into that shortly. But I think in general, uh, the Chiefs offense will be fine. A lot of people felt this way even right after the loss against the Lions. Um and it's weird because the Chiefs did score fewer points against the Jaguars than they did against the Lions. But me personally, I did come away with a better feeling about the offense in general with the way they looked. You didn't have as many drops. Um, the worst thing that probably happened to this offense outside of penalties and turnovers was the, well, I mean, it wasn't a turnover, but that fumble from Kadarius Tony. Thankfully, he quickly fell on top of it and was able to hold on to the ball. Listen, you need to lose yards just to not commit a turnover. Fine. Uh, do that. Um, especially with the week he had last week. And by the way, look at that for uh, the uh, drive where they threw to Kadarius Tony three times for 41 yards. I think it was. Adam Teicher of ESPN tweeted during that drive. He said, this is why the Chiefs are not giving up on Kadarius Tony. The guy's speed, his elusiveness. Listen, coming out of the draft, he did get comparisons to Tyreek Hill. Obviously, Chiefs fans know a lot about Tyreek Hill. Um, and, you know, I mean, KT is not going to be able to match Tyreek Hill, but he can provide some flashes of Tyreek Hill for sure. Uh, the things that Kadarius Tony is capable of doing on the field, this guy's speed and elusiveness and quickness, it's one of those things where, you know, I would rather be with this guy than be against this guy. Yes, he had a major fuck up in week one with those drops. Okay, that's in the past. And if anything, he made up for he only had one catch for one yard against the Lions. Against the Jaguars, and, and I don't have the exact stat line in front of me. I'll pull it up real quickly. But he had four catches in this game, and I want to say it went for at least 50 yards. So he played much better already in the second game compared to the first game. So we, we've already seen a, a, an improvement from Kadarius Sony, a big improvement. And I think Kadarius Sony proved that, hey, look, that was just one bad game. If, if the drops from the Lions game happened in like... I don't know. Let's just say week five against the Vikings. You'd be like, okay, all right. It was just one game, but because it happened to open up the season, it, it just gets exacerbated a little bit more. And people get frustrated about that kind of thing. And people wonder, is this how it's going to look the rest of the season? Uh, KT had five catches for 35 yards. I said 41 yards in the first half. So my apologies. I, I it was probably 31 yards. Um, so neither here nor there, but he had two more catches in the second half to add on to his total. Now I will say if a guy like KT does have 
five catches. I think it's more important that he has uh, more than 35 yards uh, off five catches for sure. Um, now, again, you know, small steps, right? After a really horrible week to open up the season on primetime, uh, five targets, five catches. That's a great way to rebound after um, uh, after what happened last week. Only difference, the only thing you could have asked for maybe is a score in that one. Uh, maybe a few more yards, but I, I think KT will get there ultimately. Sky Moore, and listen, these wide receivers are not household names. Sky Moore had three for 70 yards and a touchdown, but his best play was that 54-yard catch-and-run play late in the game to help seal the deal. The Chiefs just basically chewed out the clock right after that and prevented uh, Jacksonville from getting the ball back. So, you know, we said this last year. We knew what kind of a team the Chiefs would be offensively. Uh, when it comes to the wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster might have a big game. Next game could be MVS. The next game could be Justin Watson. Then Sky Moore. Then back to Juju the next game. And then back to MVS the next. Maybe two of them have big games. Um, and I kind of see it the same way this year, too. Sky Moore just had a pretty solid game for the Chiefs. Maybe next week, or maybe the Sunday, rather, it's going to be Kadarius Tony who has the best game amongst the wide receivers. And then the following week, it might be Rushy Rice, who has the best uh, performance from the wide receivers. Then after that might be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, and then after that could be Justin Ross. We're all waiting for that breakout game with Justin Ross, right? So this offense, and by the way, to, to get to my point ultimately, uh, because I, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about, oh, well, we miss Eric Bieniemy. He's doing so well in Kansas, uh, in Washington. And uh, guys, it's it's just two weeks. Listen, uh, let me just say this. I, I think I think Eric Bieniemy is doing a fantastic job in Washington. He really is. Um, two come from behind wins. And again, you have a quarterback that a lot of people just don't really know about. How many people can talk about Sam Howell? I mean. I mean I'll just say it right now. I don't even know where Sam Howell went to college. I, I have to Google that right now to even be able to, to, to answer that. Um, kind of does pique my curiosity right now. Uh, he went to North Carolina. There you go. Uh, not really the school you think about when it comes to college football. Obviously, a big-time college basketball program. Uh, but, yeah, he was a fifth-round pick in 2022. Um, this is, you know... Remember when the Chiefs picked Brody Croyle to be their starter going into the 2007? He wasn't the starter to open up the season, but he that's the guy they were trying to build this football team around in 07 and 08. Could a lot of people have told you about Brody Croyle? No. Um, Sam Howell kind of reminds me of him, not in terms of skill set or anything, but just in terms of the fact that this is a guy that really has a lot of unknowns. He was a fifth round pick coming out of UNC, uh, was behind Tyler Heineke for most of last season, and Eric Bieniemy's just done a fantastic job with him. So I think Eric Bieniemy deserves all the credit in the world for the job he's done with Washington so far. By all means, I don't think... This is a situation where you look at the Chiefs and say, oh, man, they miss Eric Bieniemy." I think it's too early to even have that discussion. I know, I know, I, I know ESPN and Barstool Sports and Fox Sports, they're doing the comparisons already. They're talking about how uh, Washington was one of the worst scoring teams last year, and now they're one of the best, and the Chiefs went from one of the best to one of the worst through the first two weeks. So, uh, listen, the Chiefs are going to figure it out, okay? They will 100% figure it out and get going. So let's, let's relax a little bit. Um, they will, they will pick it up 100%. Um, I just think it's a little early to have a discussion about whether or not the chiefs miss Eric Bieniemy and wonder if Matt Nagy is, is a bad OC. Listen, Matt Nagy did a great job as a chief's offensive coordinator in the, uh, in the past. I have confidence that he will do just fine this time around. Yeah. You, you're off to a slow start. Okay. At the end of the day, you still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And, and by, I, I didn't really mention Kelsey too much, but um, this was his first game back from that knee injury. So, you know, your first game back from injury, generally speaking, and I don't have like the statistics to prove this, but in general, uh, when a player comes back from injury, their first game back is not always going to be the best. Sometimes they're going to be on a limited snap count. That happens too. Um I would argue that Travis Kelsey will have a better performance this Sunday than he did last week against the Jaguars, for sure. 
Casey's asking, what do you think is going on with that offensive line? Yeah, that's a really good question, especially with the whole Jawan Taylor deal. Um, it, you know, I'm not an expert on the rules or anything. I'm not going to pretend to be. I mean, I, I don't even know what the hell pass interference is anymore or roughing the passer at times. Um, you see a lot of inconsistencies with this, uh, with these kinds of things. So listen, I don't know. I'm sure, uh, the referees were giving a memo. We're told, Hey, keep an eye on these things and, um, don't let them get away with it. I think in general though, uh, Donovan Smith, I think needs to play better. He's had up and down seasons in years past, uh, Creed Humphrey, you know, his snaps were pretty low to start off the season, but his blocking is still the same. Uh, Joe Tooney, pretty good. Had a bit of a rough outing the first week. Trey Smith. I mean, the guy's a monster. I, I would rather get hit by a train than get hit by Trey Smith. hundred percent. Um, but in general, this offensive line is looking pretty good to start off the season. Yeah. Jawan Taylor is dealing with the penalties and Donovan Smith has not looked the best. I, you know, my, I, I'm going to stand by the belief that they'll figure it out. And I think those two offensive linemen still, I, I would take them over Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. I mean, they were not good last year. They just weren't. Um, so I think the Chiefs will uh, improve in that area pretty soon. Uh, Chris says we have a top 10 defense for the first time in the Mahomes era. That's what we should focus on. Yeah, and listen, we talked about that earlier, uh, Chris. We did. Um, I, and I mentioned this on the Facebook page earlier this week. Uh, through the first two weeks, we've never seen a Chiefs defense play this well in the Mahomes era. And I think that is very important. Now, um, think about the fact that this offense will improve. They will improve. The only way this offense does not step up is if we start seeing an injury bug roll around. Now, I know there have been some injuries uh, that were uh, reported today, and I'll get into that later on. But, man, um, if this offense picks it up pretty quickly. And by the way, the next couple of games, you've got a great opportunity to do so with the bears coming up and the jets the week after man. Um, the chiefs are going to look like a three dimensional football team. We have not been able to say that in the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes, his first year in the NFL, obviously he had the 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards, but a 31st ranked defense, uh, a 31st ranked defense that tied the league, uh, in, uh, for number one in sacks, but the, the amount of yards they gave up really overshadowed that. Um, now, if you have uh, a good stout defense like the Chiefs do right now, and you look at Mahomes and the offense, which, again, everyone's anticipating them to pick it up, you feel pretty good about, about the Chiefs. You, you certainly do. Uh, Corey is asking who scares you more, the Eagles or the 49ers? The Eagles have had some interesting close games to start off the season. And by the way, even though the Eagles, I thought, played a great game on uh, on Thursday last week, their fans booed the hell out of them in the first half, which I thought was interesting. Um, and they obviously had that close game against the Patriots. Should not have been that close. Uh, but the I would say the 49ers. Um, I think the 49ers are a more complete football team. I can't recall... Who did I pick to win the NFC Championship game? I want to say I picked San Francisco uh, because that defense was so good and Brock Purdy was just playing so well. But obviously he gets injured and, you know, you, you don't even have a quarterback at that point. Um, I would say the 49ers scare me more. Um, my friend Jody McDonald, he's uh, he's on CBS Sports, a uh, really good guy. I go on his show uh, from time to time on CBS Sports uh, and to talk about the Chiefs. And uh, he asked me if if I thought we were going to get a repeat of last year's Super Bowl. I said, yeah, I, I'm picking Chiefs-Eagles. Uh, that, that was my preseason pick. He said that he thinks it's either going to be a Super Bowl 57 rematch or a Super Bowl 54 rematch. So uh, a lot of people think that the Eagles and the 49ers... Listen, the NFC is so wide open right now. Um, I mean... Yeah, sure. We got some teams that are off to good starts, uh, like the Saints, like the Falcons, teams that we did not expect, the Buccaneers, uh, to get off to good starts like they are now. But in terms of just, you know, what we watch on the field, nobody matches the Eagles and the 49ers right now, especially the 49ers, especially the 49ers. Thomas says, will it be a Cowboys and Chiefs Super Bowl? I don't... Look, I know the Cowboys look great, but who have they played? And listen, 
I I hate not giving teams credit because they played bad teams. I hate doing that. I think the Cowboys deserve a lot of credit for kicking ass these first two weeks against the Giants and against the Jets. Uh, they pretty much own New York at this. They they, they own the teams from East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, but I'm sorry, man. I'm just not sold on Dak Prescott. I'm just not. A lot of people are picking the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl this year before the season even started. Why? What do people see in Dak Prescott? I, I think we have a big enough sample size that this guy, okay, maybe he'll win the first round against a weak team like the Bucks, but this guy has not proven to be reliable in the playoffs. I just don't see it, man. I just don't. Sorry, Cowboys Nation. Uh, a lot of people happy for EB. Yes, that is awesome. Okay, uh, Robert's asking this. Let me just... Um, okay. Uh, I see a lot of comments here. Okay, let me just get into the breaking news that happened today coming out of Chicago. This is definitely a bombshell. Nobody expected this to happen. So the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, Alan Williams, did not coach on Sunday with the Bears against the Bucks due to personal reasons. Today, around 3 o'clock, word got out that Alan Williams, again, the defensive coordinator for the Bears, resigned from uh, resigned uh, from the Bears four days before the Bears visit the Chiefs. Um, a statement came out saying that he's going to focus on his health and his family. Guys, I'm already seeing your guys' comments right now. Um, I'm aware of the rumors. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say I'm on here, but if you have a Twitter account or X account, whatever the hell we call this thing anymore, uh, you can go look up the rumors for yourself. I'm not addressing anything that is unconfirmed. I will say the accusations, the rumors out there are very, very extreme regarding Alan Williams. Uh, again, none of this is confirmed, so I want to be very careful with that. And I, I kindly ask that you guys be very careful with that too online because, listen, man, shit like this happens and... Um, people then don't know what's real, what's not, what's fake news. This is kind of how false information spreads. Uh, maybe this information is true. Great. But you know, for the sake of journalism, I'm, I'm saying great. Uh, not for the sake of this actual topic. Um, but in terms of fake news, I just kindly ask that you guys be very careful with what you comment below because nobody really knows, uh, what the, um, uh, what is factual at the moment? Chris says, Justin Watson clearly has chemistry with Mahomes. Why not just start Justin Watson? Okay, this is a really good question from Chris. Um, you know, he, here's my opinion about Justin Watson. I don't think Justin Watson is a starting quality receiver. What he does do a good job of is coming in when his number is called and coming through for you when you need a, a play. He's essentially a good depth player. Now, I can understand the logic from, from Chris's question here. This is the guy that's come through and has made some really big catches for the Chiefs. If you look at his um, his uh, yard per catch average, it is pretty high up there. Um, let me uh, pull up last year's numbers because I do recall Justin Watson's average last year being very high. Um, I did not anticipate talking about this, so give me a second to pull this up. Now, again, to to uh, get to his question, you know, why is he not a starter? You know, I, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like if you give him enough snaps, he might not deliver like you want a number one receiver to deliver. Think of basketball for a moment. What is a uh, what is a, a, a position in basketball that a lot of people don't talk about so much? The sixth man, okay, coming off the bench and getting those uh, significant minutes. Um, some basketball players just tend to be better coming off the bench than they would starting. It, there's, it's kind of a weird explanation. And by the way, I can't remember who the uh, player was. I want to say it was Manu Ginobili from the Spurs. Uh, a lot of people were wondering, why is he not starting? Why is he a sixth man? And he tried to explain the sixth man role to people from his country, and they just could not understand that kind of thing. Uh, but I feel like Justin Watson is kind of like that sixth man in basketball where, okay, maybe you, he's not a reliable starter who plays all those number one receiver snaps, but when you need him to come through for you, coming off the uh, from the sidelines, yeah, this guy can step up and make a big play. Uh, 
I know, kind of one of those weird things in sports. And listen, maybe he just doesn't have the best stamina in uh, in football, uh, and maybe that's why he doesn't play as many snaps, Chris. So I, I understand the logic to your question, and I don't know the exact answer. So I'm I'm speculating on some of that right now. By the way, I do pull I did pull up Justin Watson's average. So Ronald Jones had one catch for 22 yards. Obviously, he had 22 yards per catch. Just simple math there. Justin Watson had 21 yards per catch. Uh, that is 15 receptions for 315 yards. 15 receptions and was targeted 34 times. Um, yeah, that's less than 50%. MVS was close to 50%, uh, so it's not terrible. Uh, KT was targeted 14 to, or excuse me, 17 times, caught 14 of those last year. Uh, didn't really notice that, but yet uh, Justin Watson does have that yard, uh, that big, uh, yard per reception average. So that's really his role is helping the team, uh, and providing good depth for the offense. Night Fury Journey Vlogs American Bully. That's quite the name there. We need to get better on converting third downs. Yeah, there's a really good point here. Um, that is kind of where the Chiefs have struggled this season is um, is the third down area. And I know, listen, the Chiefs defense fortunately has done a good job not allowing a, a lot of third down conversions. But unfortunately, when you look at the other side of it, um, the, the Chiefs have not been the best in that category either. Um, but, but again, kind of like what Kirk Morrison was saying, the uh, comment I brought up earlier, um, a lot of offenses just aren't really clicking uh, to start off the season. So it has been a bit of a different season, offensively speaking, not just for the Chiefs, but for the NFL across the board. So I think in general, uh, you, you would expect uh, improvement at some point. Um, for comparison, let's look at the AFC West. The Chiefs have the fewest points allowed with 30. The next best is the Denver Broncos with 52. But now you look at the offensive side, Vegas has the worst right now with 27 points. The Chiefs second worst with 37 points. Denver has scored 49 points and the Chargers have scored 58 points despite being uh, 0-2. Like I said, uh, and by, by the way, the Chargers have allowed the most points also. So, you know, for comparisons, you know, that's just something for you to look at. Um, the offenses, you know, Denver's offense. Did anyone expect them to look this good to start off? I think Russell Wilson is playing better than last year so far, not by much. Um, we haven't seen too much out of it. But at the end of the day, when you're not winning, um, you know, it's hard to really look at the uh, the improvements there. We can move. Uh, we just need to hold on and score. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. You know, limit the turnovers, finish drives right, and you're going to be scoring a lot of points this year if you're the Chiefs. Uh, let me read a few more comments here, and I'll move on. Yeah, Lewis says the penalty is a huge problem. 100%. Yeah, that, that absolutely has been an issue uh, for the Chiefs, and that is definitely... The Chiefs are a much better team than that, too. Uh, Samuel's asking about the injuries here. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over the injuries for a moment because that was a big topic of discussion today, uh, with the chiefs. So Richie James, uh, he did not practice, um, his injury. And I'm trying to pull that up right now. What was the injury? It was an MCL injury. Um, so Kadarius Tony has a sprained toe. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are dealing with ankle injuries, both linebackers, and Isaiah Pacheco has a hamstring injury. Um, so all the players not named Richie James are day by day, according to Andy Reid. He did say he fears that Richie James is going to be uh, longer, did not give an exact timetable. Um, so we have some players that are, yeah. and listen, it's Wednesday. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll obviously have our red Friday live chat and we can discuss these things a little bit better. Um, I mean, I would anticipate that Kadarius Sony will be good to go. Um, I don't know how serious is the sprained toe, uh, Bolton and gay, uh, they Bolton and gay both dealt with injuries. If I recall in the game uh, against the Jaguars. So this could be stemming from that. Maybe they, they dealt with a little bit of swelling after the game. And that can maybe uh, play a, a role in those injuries sometimes. And maybe they, they just want to hold them off for a practice or two. That is very common. So um, 
again, it, it's a Wednesday injury report. There's only so much you can really go off of. Uh, it, it didn't seem like any of these injuries were significant uh, or serious other than the Richie James injury. And by the way, I will say with the Richie James injury, uh, you know, that was interesting because he is also the return specialist on the team. So uh, very curious to see uh, what happens um, with that moving forward, what the Chiefs decide to do there. I mean, KT, you know, he's dealing with an injury also. So do you put Sky Moore back there? Um, who knows? Corey says, do you think Jody Fortune will be back next year? Oh, that's so hard to say right now. I really like Jody Fortson and what he can do on the field. But unfortunately, this is his second time suffering a season ending injury in the last three years. Last year, when he was available, he did some really good things for the Chiefs. He really did. Um, but, uh, you know, availability is the best ability. Um, so, it, it, you know, listen, I know a lot of people will say Gronk is the best tight end in NFL history, but the guy missed a lot of time. Yeah, sure. He might be the most, uh, talented skill wise, but he did, did not put up the numbers, uh, to show for it. And if you're not available, ultimately that's really what matters the most. Aaron says, uh, we will be fine. Takes time, uh, w with Nagy back at coordinator. Give it time. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly feel that way. Um, <laughs> Ryan says if they put Sky Moore back in, I riot. I mean, listen, uh, we saw Richie James, you know, have a obviously his muffed punt return was different than what we saw with Sky Moore in that Colts game. And listen, the, the things that happened in that Colts game, did we see it happen in another game? Let's not forget who, who was the guy in the AFC championship game that had that massive punt return. Yeah, I know the, uh, the Mahomes run and the hit out of bounds help too, but if it's not for, I mean, if you don't get that punt return there, the Chiefs probably have to run another play and there might not be enough time. You might have to go for a Hail Mary after that. Um, so, you know, can he try to do something like that? Not necessarily that exact punt return, but can he build off that, though, is what I'm trying to say. And he just had his first regular season touchdown, too. Don't forget that. His first um, after not having any last year. Uh, last year he had uh, that touchdown catch in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Casey, I'd really like to hear your take on why the referees are really watching Jawan Taylor's moves now that he plays for the Chiefs. Yeah, a lot of people have been a lot of people have been uh, pointing that out. Now that he's a Chief, people care suddenly, right? Um, yeah, unfortunately, Casey, I just don't have an answer for you on that. You know, I mean, when you're playing for the best team in the NFL, I guess everything becomes a bigger deal then. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I don't have a logical explanation for that. Uh, he did these things last year in Jacksonville. He did. Uh, I think Doug Peterson acknowledged that, who, the head coach of the Jaguars uh, going into last week. Um, But, you know, the Jaguars are not the Chiefs, so... When you join the Super Bowl reigning champs and you play on that primetime opener, I, I guess things just get noticed more in that one. Uh, here's my thing with that is, you know, uh, so I was at the game and the Wi-Fi was just dog shit. So I was not aware of this until after the game. Nobody was really saying anything at the stadium. And even then, I'm, you know, I went back and watched the game. Dan Campbell and the Lions coaching staff, it's not like they're yelling at the officials, the side judge saying, hey, 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 look at this guy and his stance and, you know, early snapping, blah, blah, blah. We didn't get any of that. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the Lions complaining about this. It wasn't Lions fans on Twitter. I mean, I'm sure Lions fans said something once the announcers pointed it out. Uh, but doesn't Lane Johnson do this? I saw it Thursday night. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's just weird when you uh, when you switch teams and you you play for a team that has a uh, that has a spotlight. I guess uh, those things just get uh, just just become a bigger deal uh, even then. That's just the way it works sometimes. Um, I did talk about the uh, Bears situation. Another thing from the Chicago Bears uh, today. So Justin Fields did talk about the robotic play calling. That's what he called it. 
Uh, this is a weird situation. So Justin Fields did a press conference, which is normal for starting quarterbacks to do. Um, but because of how people just made a big deal out of the comment he made, uh, my guess is he did a press conference before practice. So after practice, they made Justin Fields available again to the media to clarify on those comments. Obviously, the PR staff, um, they approached him and said, hey, Justin, you said this, and it's a big deal. You might need to speak to the media again and clarify things. So I have never seen a player speak to the media twice in one day. And Justin Fields did exactly that. Um Listen, let me give you guys an example of things. So the uh, we obviously mentioned the Juwan Taylor thing. Um, after the game, I'm sure the Chiefs PR staff told, uh, they approached Andy Reid and said, said, hey, Andy, a lot of people are talking about Juwan Taylor and his whole snap situation. This might be brought up in the press conference. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of another example. I can't think of one from recent memory. I, okay, Chris Jones. You know, let's talk about Chris Jones. He was sitting with his agents. I'm sure the PR staff said, hey, they made a big deal about him sitting with his agents. They, that might be brought up. Do you guys remember in 2014 when Travis Kelsey did that hand gesture, the the rolling the dice? That was caught on TV, and it looked like he was pointing at the referee and essentially doing that hand gesture at the referee. Immediately... I am 100% positive, I would bet my house on it, that the the uh, Chiefs PR staff approached Kelsey before the, uh, before the media had access to him and said, hey, Kels, uh, you did this, and it was caught on TV. You you might be asked about this. So they, you know, that's the job of the PR staff. Um, so it, it's been a very wild day for Chicago. You have the Allen Williams uh, resignation, and then you have the Justin Fields throwing the team under the bus. They're 0-2. Nothing's really working for them right now, and I'll get into their numbers shortly, but it has not been a very good day for the uh, for the Chicago Bears. It, it just hasn't. Um, oh, uh, there, there has been some breaking news regarding the Chiefs. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys have heard about this, but... Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating. Yes. Uh, congratulations to love. Yes, everyone's happy for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, Jason Kelsey kind of confirmed it on a radio show. So I guess this radio station played the clip of him saying that they're dating and that he thinks it's 100% confirmed. But I guess they cut off where the, the part where he says... Um, uh, where he says he was joking, so I don't even know what's true. I mean, so I, listen, I I I have uh, my inside sources, and I already posted about this last week, but I have it on good authority that she has visited and stayed the night and hung out and all that good stuff. You know, in terms of what activities took place, I I cannot really get into that. I don't even know any of that. Quite honestly, I don't think anyone cares for that. Maybe some weirdos would care about that. Um, see, see, look at the comments already. Robert says they will get married. A song will be written. Corey says my wife isn't happy about this. Everyone, people, people love to pretend like they don't care about celebrity gossip news until it involves their favorite athletes. Um, isn't she an Eagles fan? Cause I'm already seeing the conspiracy theory that she's coming over to like sabotage, uh, uh Kelsey and the chiefs and, Help the Eagles get revenge. I don't know. I don't know. It's always it's always interesting. Um, listen, can I just say something? Like, okay, do people really think that because of this potential relationship that Kelsey can't focus? Really? Like, what if Kelsey was just dating another girl who was just as attractive and, you know, she just wasn't a celebrity? Would that still be a distraction? People talked about this with Eric Hosmer and uh, Casey McDonald. It's like, man, come on. Like, trust me, uh, these single dudes who are on football teams, not just in Kansas City, everywhere, man, they're out there talking to hot girls on a consistent basis. All you got to say is you play football for the best team in the NFL, like the Chiefs, and I'm sure you got ladies in line asking you out instead of the other way around. Um, 
listen, I, I think an athlete can focus just fine. doesn't matter if they're dating Taylor Swift or they're dating uh, Jessica Smith. You know, every people need to chill out a bit. Um, but hey, congratulations to Travis Kelsey and um, Taylor Swift. I forgot her name for a second. All right, let's get back into the uh, the real football talk. The Chiefs and the Bears. Give you guys a quick little look at the Chicago Bears, what kind of a team they are. Total offense, 27th. They are the sixth worst in the NFL in that category. Passing uh, 25th, 8th worst. 22nd and running the ball. That's 11th worst, so they're below average in all of those things. And they average 18.5 points per game, just like the Chiefs. Uh, total defense, they rank 29th. That is the fourth worst in the NFL against the passer, 27th. That is the sixth worst against the run, their 16th. So they are they are average. They are the uh, medi uh, they're the median when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, stopping the run. They're one of five teams in the NFL with zero takeaways. They're one of five teams with zero interceptions. Casey also has zero interceptions on the season. I would like to see a Justin Reed pick this week myself. Uh, I, I will uh, go on the record for uh, for that prediction. Um the Chiefs and the Bears, they tie third with several teams in giveaways with four. I mentioned that earlier. It's worth mentioning again. So obviously turnovers have been a little bit of an issue for uh, both teams in terms of trying to create turnovers and also trying to limit turnovers uh, on the offensive side. So, uh, And by the way, uh, if you look at the, uh, the Bears, they have lost their last 12 games. And in all 12 of those games dating back to last season, they have allowed 25 or more points and every single one of those games. Um, so, I mean, that bodes well if you're uh, if you're the Chiefs, uh, you would think. Uh, now, I will say this. If you look at the Chiefs last year, they had a lot of games in which they should have won by a wide margin, uh, but they had narrow victories. For instance, the Monday night win over the Raiders uh, coming from behind, who ended up winning by one. Uh, both games against the Denver Broncos, those were narrow victories there. The game against the Tennessee Titans, if I recall, I think that game went to overtime or just came down to the wire in the fourth quarter. Um, the game against the Houston Texans, that one did go into overtime. Uh, the Texans were just terrible last year, and they came pretty close to pulling off a uh, a big stunner uh, in, uh, in Houston. So there are five games last year where the Chiefs should have won in a blowout, but all of them were very close games, and they came down to the wire. Um, I, I, I'd like to think the chiefs cover the spread on this one. What is it? Is it still 12 and a half? Even after all the Chicago drama today, uh, according to DraftKings. So yeah, 12 and a half points. The chiefs are the favorites. I think Chicago has the, uh, the biggest money line bet. So, uh, if you bet on them and they pull off the upset, not only would it be the biggest upset of week three, it certainly would uh, would pay out. Uh, so if you got some money uh, and you really believe in uh, that kind of an upset, you do you, my friends. Uh, but I don't anticipate that to be the case. When you look at the offensive side, listen, I, I like Justin Fields. I think he is a talented player, but he just hasn't really shown it this year with the two touchdowns and three picks. He's been sacked 10 times on the season. That is uh, that is quite the margin, and that's a pretty good number if you're uh, if you're the Chiefs, especially with Chris Jones now back into the fold. George Karloftis looked good last week with Chris Jones right beside him. Uh, FAU went out there and got his first career sack. It was just half of a sack, but still uh, got in on the action. Um, and by the way, Justin Fields is the co-leader on the team in rushing yards with 62, along with Khalil Herbert. I know the Chiefs don't have the greatest rushing attack right now, but uh, man, I mean, when you have an offense that nothing is going right for you with the passing game, uh, with the rushing attack, it just has been real. There's a reason why they are the fourth worst offense in the NFL. By the way, who's the worst? The Cincinnati Bengals. That is just worth reminding because, you know, it's just too funny at this point. Uh, but with the receiving core, uh, DJ Moore, um, yeah, you know, I like DJ Moore. I think he's a good receiver. Um, Chase Claypool, uh, you know, another good receiver. Chase Claypool does, does have a touchdown on the season. Um, 
Cole Nett is their uh, biggest pass catcher, though. He leads the team in receptions with nine, has 82 yards. That's the second most. DJ Moore has the most yards with 129. Uh, Nitt has been targeted the most with 13 receptions or t- 13 targets, I should say. Chase Claypool has been targeted 10 times on the year. You look at the defensive side of the ball, man, they don't really have much to really uh, be be proud about. Uh, you have Yannick Ngakwe, longtime pass rusher in the NFL, played for the Jaguars for a few years, then became a journeyman in the NFL, did have a solid season with the Raiders last year. Uh, but, man, he's the only player with a sack, and he only has one and one uh, or two tackles for a loss. Uh, you look at the other uh, players for the uh, for the Bears. Demarcus Walker also has a couple of tackles for a loss. Their linebacker Traymon Edmonds also has two tackles for a loss as well. Uh, but I think in general, when you look at this Chicago Bears defense, man, if you're Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense, you have not looked very good to start off. And this is a Bears team that's lost 12 straight and has allowed 25 points in all of those games. Uh, Eddie Jackson might not be available in this game. Uh, Josh Blackwell, their nickelback, might not be available either. Um, uh, he came over from Philadelphia. So I'm looking at those quarterbacks, uh, a guy like Jalen Johnson, uh, their rookie, Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, boy, I would not be shocked one bit if they pick on number 29, the, the rookie, Stevenson. Uh, I think if you're the Chiefs and you want to get something going with this offense after a frustrating first two weeks, Tyreek Stevenson might be your key to turning things around. Uh, so I would not be surprised one bit if the Chiefs are picking on Stevenson. Again, number 29. I always like to point out these numbers. That way you guys can see them when you watch the games uh, and, and see if that unfolds or not. So I think uh, Stevenson's going to be the guy that uh, that's going to get picked on a lot. And so I think the Chiefs are going to try to match up their uh, best players. Whatever play they want to run and whoever... Uh, the play is designed for to, 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 to catch the ball. I think they're going to try to have those receivers line up against Stevenson uh, more times than not uh, in this game. So would not surprise me one bit if that is the Chiefs game plan going into Sunday's match against the Bears at Arrowhead. Speaking of Arrowhead, uh, I forgot to mention uh, Alan Eck is the referee. He is a rookie referee. He was promoted from umpire to referee uh, this past March. Your broadcasters for this game, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Obviously, the last time they called a Chiefs game was Super Bowl 57. So they will be back. Uh, And yeah, Greg Olson had that uh, lovely call crying about the hold. Uh, Neither here nor there, though. Um, But this game is on Fox. Um... For those of you who have DirecTV and Dish, Fox is back. Yes, Fox is back. Uh, I'm told it's temporarily, but I suppose it's back uh, long enough for this Sunday's game. So this is for right now. uh, We know there are always these flex options, but as of right now, this is the only Chiefs game that is scheduled to be on Fox this year. So if you have DirecTV or Dish and you've been uh, kind of using some uh, some streams, listen, I have YouTube TV also because of DirecTV, so I've been able to use that at least, but uh, I know not everyone has that luxury. So uh, for those of you that have been uh, wanting Fox back, you have Fox back on your television set. So uh, is there such a thing as a television set anymore? Uh, flat screen TVs. What do you call them now? 4K TVs now? I think that's the right term. Your 4K TVs. Uh, let's read some of the um, some of the comments here. Nicholas says they had a ton of money to spend and they don't look any better, but I do like Justin Fields. Yeah, listen, I like Justin Fields too. I think you got to put him around the right system and give him some help, and they just haven't done so. Uh, Casey says, I think Stevenson's going to show up and show out, especially if he knows what's coming. Yeah, look, look, let me just say this, and I know the Chiefs had a lot of rookies at cornerback last year, but that is a very difficult position. My, My point about the Chiefs players last year is that they played better than expected, so... Um, uh, I, I, I think Stevenson's just going to have a hard time though, because who's throwing the ball, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, you're paying attention to Mahomes. You're, you're paying attention to these fast receivers the chiefs have. And listen, I know we've talked about the struggles with the chiefs receivers, but in general, we've already established that getting wide open is not the issue for the chiefs receivers. They can get wide open. They can move the football. They've been able to do that the first two weeks. 
Um, it's just that execution and finish and taking care of the football ultimately is a problem. If the Chiefs can do that, um, boy, I mean, Stevenson's going to have his hands full, uh, Casey. So I disagree with you. I think he's going to have his hands full and he's going to have a lot to deal with uh, against the Chiefs defense or excuse me, against the Chiefs offense uh, this Sunday. So I think uh, the Chiefs are going to have a field day trying to pick on him uh, against uh, w- when the uh, Bears come to visit Arrowhead on Sunday. But yeah, Fox is back. So I know a lot of you guys were hoping for that, given that this game was going to be on Fox this week. All right. Got to give you guys my prediction for this one. I'm going to go 31-10. I think the Bears will score a little bit in this one, but I think the Chiefs wake up and they uh, they light it up. I think they, they have the type of game they want to play. I will say this. Somebody was asking on the Facebook page earlier this week. Somebody asked if the Chiefs offense does not step up, would this be a time to... Start asking questions. Would this be a time to be concerned? I, I, I think it's, it's actually a, a very fair comment. Um, if the Chiefs offense struggles again like they did the first two games, yeah, we got to have a discussion about that, win or lose. Um, I know after a win, it's a lot easier, but you you kind of have some concerns after three weeks. Again, I know my I said at the beginning of the podcast, my magic number is four weeks. I think you know we can start fairly judging teams after four full weeks of football. Uh, but after three weeks, especially against a Chicago team, a Chicago team that is just struggling on and off the field, um, if if you cannot put up some points on this team, yeah, I think some people are going to start asking a lot of questions, me included. Uh, but I don't anticipate that to be the case. I think the Chiefs offense will rebound in this one, and this is going to look like the offense we know and love. Especially with Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, he's had a game back. He's kind of getting into the rhythm of things again with his knee and and just how he feels. So I think Travis Kelsey will have a better game as well. So 31-10, that is my score prediction. Alan, er, excuse me, Aaron says we will see Blaine Gabbard in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Okay. Andy was very disgruntled about the turnovers and the penalties. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I mean, when you have Andy Reid as your head coach, that is, um, that is definitely... Uh, you know, you expect a better offense. And even Patrick Mahomes has kind of said, you know, they've got to play better. And I think Travis Kelsey said on his podcast, too, that he challenges this offense to play better. So everybody knows that this offense needs to play better, 100%. And, hey, big ups to that defense, man. Um, for all the times Patrick Mahomes has bailed them out, they have returned the favor. Um, they really have. They have put this team in position to win the last two weeks. Uh, if we can get some balance, my God, man. I think in a couple of weeks, you will hear all the pundits talking about how scary the Chiefs are as a whole. We've we've only heard people talk about how scary the Chiefs are on offense. No one talks about how scary the Chiefs are on defense, even though you've had guys like Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew, Nick Bolton, uh, and so many other different defensive players over the years. Obviously, some of those guys I mentioned have come and gone, Frank Clark. Um, but this has really been the best look in the Mahomes era to start off the first two weeks. And I'll give you guys another prediction. Patrick Mahomes, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. That is my prediction for this week. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. For those of you who watched and listened live on Facebook and on YouTube, thank you guys so much. Greatly appreciate the love and the support. You guys have been awesome. Um, Listen, I don't normally do this. Um, but I do want to read you guys something. So in the past 14 days, the amount of fo- new followers we have, the amount of video views, the amount of comments and shares, and even before that, like really in the months of July all the way to now, the numbers have just really been high. Um, they have been uh, through the roof. So uh, really thank you guys. Um, this page has grown so much over the last few years. Um, obviously the team success plays a role in that, but Hey, we've been doing this way before the team success. So we've been around for a while. So thank you guys so much. This is a huge reason why I decided to bring back the podcast this season. So, 
Um, you guys, are, I owe it to you guys. That's why I do all these giveaways, man. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it to be uh, on other websites, but unfortunately, we're kind of restricted on where we can do it. If I could have it my way, it would be on here. But um, nonetheless, uh, I will uh, definitely try to see if we can uh, change that rule. So bear with me on that. We'll definitely do that. But man, you guys have been awesome on the Facebook page, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, there used to be a point where I could keep up with the comments and read every single comment. I can't listen just in the last. Um, again, I, I know I say I don't do this, but um, I'll read one number here. Just in the last 14 days, there have been 74,000 comments. Uh, that is an 84% increase from the previous 14 days. Uh, I can't keep up with you guys, man. I just can't. You guys are too much for, for me. So thank you guys so much for all you've done. Please keep that going. Keep the interactions going. Keep it friendly on the Facebook page. Even if Bengals fans come over, uh, don't give those trolls what they want because uh, we all know what they want. Uh, but hey, they're 0-2. They've got no place to go other than come to this page and cry. So that's okay. All right, guys. My name is Farzee Vasugan. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this episode of The Chief Zone. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.